Hello, everybody. My name is Christina Stafford, here to welcome you to the Fearless Journey podcast. We hope you'll join us in this firsthand telling of God's faithfulness in each of these women's journeys, challenging them to rise up and live fearless in any and every season. Hi, friends. It's Jamie Massey, your host of the Fearless Journey podcast. Well, have you registered to be a part of one of our fearless prayer groups? This year, we are praying over families, and we want to include your family in our prayer time. So make sure to go to coopercitygroups.com to register and be a part of what God is doing in households here at Cooper City Church of God in 2023. Over the next few weeks, we are so blessed to be able to hear from our missionaries. We're in the middle of our missions conference right now, and it's already been such an incredible time in the presence of the Lord. And so today, it's my honor to have Sarah Hollifield as our special guest. Sarah serves with her husband, Luke, as missionary pastors in Nairn, Scotland. I said it right. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) It's a small seaside town in the Scottish Highlands. They will celebrate 10 years of marriage this upcoming June, and they have four daughters, Lily, Elliot, Arden, and Micah. And and if you could see her, she (laughs) looks like she's maybe 18. (laughs) I'm like, how do you have four children? Sarah received an English education degree from Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee, and currently works full-time in marketing to help fund their family's ministry. She she enjoys hiking, baking, reading, and really good coffee, but nothing more than a Saturday Sabbath with her family. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. It's so great to be here. I'm so excited about this, and I I, I know people... Now, listen, everybody, you've got to see the picture attached (laughs) to this, because when you see her, you're going to go, how is this possible that she has four children? (laughs) One day, you're really going to be grateful people say that. People tell me that all the time, (laughs) but it's always the first question I get, like, how is this possible? (laughs) It's so true. So I want everybody to get to know you a little better. So tell us where you are are originally from, help our church family especially get to know you. Yeah, so I am... was born and grew up in Avon Lake, Ohio, Ohio, excuse me, which is um, a suburb of Cleveland. And yes. so I lived there my whole life until I went to school at Lee in Cleveland, Tennessee, um, which is, you know, where I met my husband. And so we kind of hung around Tennessee for a while. And um, our marriage and ministry kind of took us to a few different states in our first mm-hmm. early years married. Yeah. Um, but our, our home base is North Carolina, which is where my husband is from. So yeah. But yeah, we um, originally from Ohio, kind of secondarily from North Carolina. <laughs> I, my, my accent, my family always tells me that I kind of developed that southern twang a little bit. <gasps> Tell um, them that's not true. I know. I can hear it. Sometimes I say Sometimes. something and I'm like, ooh, that's... Or when I go to talk on the yes. phone to my mom and it's like that northern accent is coming yes. out. <laughs> so when we lived in Ohio, mm-hmm. our family would say that about us. Y'all are kidding. A northern... I'm like, go up there. They'll tell you I don't have a northern accent. Exactly, yeah. It kind of creates this like weird like transition yeah. because you're not really like northern accent, not really southern accent. You don't feel it's like you fit in either place. It's so true. And we we would go home and I, I would say pop. 
Mm-hmm. or soda yeah. I would use one and my yeah. family would go when did you stop calling it coke mm-hmm. because everything in the south you say what you want to drink coke and then you say what kind, what kind of coke? Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. What? so yeah all of those things you learn so explain to me now did you go up in a church of God or how did you, you know it's actually an interesting story um because I grew up in a non-denominational Pentecostal non-denominational church um and I kind of grew up without the concept of denomination I remember mm. this one time I had a friend who was down the street and she was Lutheran and she said to me one time like oh like what what like what kind of Christian are you and I was like Mm. I'm I'm a Christian like (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about I'm a Christian and she's like no no but are you like Lutheran or you know whatever and I genuinely just had no concept of denomination and so Mm. my family ended up moving to an Assemblies of God church when I was a junior in high school but um, I, I had a mentor from my time at the non-denominational church who attended Lee, uh-huh. and it was kind of presented to me as a Christian college. And so I, I quite literally came to Lee not even realizing that Church of God was a denomination, wow. let alone the denomination of the college that I was going to. Oh, wow. What a God setup, though. Oh, it totally <laughs> was, yeah. And like, I mean, you know, I, I think it was just a natural overflow because, you know, the Theologically, it was very similar mm-hmm. to the church I grew up in and, mm-hmm. and where my beliefs were. Um, but I'm really thankful because, you know, it, it led me to my husband. Yes, and yes. Um, he's, you know, fourth generation Church of God. And he is. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so so he, was, he grew up in the Church of God. He did, yeah. Wow. Now, did you know when you were dating him that he would be a minister? Especially, did you know mm-hmm. that that was kind of where his heart was? So not initially. Initially, okay. he was actually in school to be a doctor. Oh. So when we met... You know, he was studying pre-med at Lee. Um, he oh. transferred in as a junior. So he started the same year I started as a freshman. Oh. And he was studying pre-med. And we actually both ended up in Campus Choir. That's not where we met. Everybody thinks that's where we met, but <laughs> it's not. Because um, I was actually in Simban for a, mes- for okay. a semester first. Um, but, you know, when we kind of throughout the course of Campus Choir, the Lord just started revealing himself to Luke. And I think there's a part of him that didn't want to join the ministry only because his his dad was a pastor, his two older brothers are pastors. Mm-hmm. And when you kind of have that legacy, mm-hmm. it can be big shoes to fill. And yeah. he always felt like the younger brother and felt like, man, I don't know. I don't know if this is something that I want to do, mm-hmm. but the Lord just really grabbed a hold of his heart. And, um, it was actually like during that time we were fasting for a um, for a campus choir tour that like and we both kind of decided during the fast to not talk to each other like we wanted to just take time yeah, separate to right. you know seek the Lord um, and God spoke individually to each of us that like we were called to missions and it was just like the coolest thing because I came to that conversation like after these days of fasting I'm Mm. thinking in my head we'd been dating like eight or nine months at this time I was positive that I was going to marry this man I was like I am I am here for this Mm. but then I was like I have this huge calling on my life now that I am positive of like I am Mm. certain that this is what the Lord spoke to me and it's like Mm. What is he going to say if if I go and I say, "Hey, I'm I feel like I'm being called to missions," and he's like, "I am not feeling that." You know, yeah. like what do I do? Yeah. Um, but the Lord had spoke the same thing to him, and oh my goodness! And at that point, he had already kind of realized his ministry calling just 
he hadn't realized emissions calling yet yeah. until that fast. And so, um, yeah, it, it, wow. it's totally the Lord. The Lord's hand just orchestrated it all. And we've seen that as a consistent theme in our mm. lives. Mm. So let me get this straight. You guys were fasting and mm-hmm. praying about your next step, not realizing both of you were hearing at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, we actually weren't even fasting specifically about next steps. We were fasting in preparation for this campus choir tour, oh. just in preparation. And, like, the Lord just dealt with us both. Oh. And so, and that was also kind of cool because it was just further confirmation and then it's like, hey, you did hear from the Lord, oh you know, goodness, sometimes, yeah. you know, you want to, yeah. you want to, you know, back everything you hear from the Lord up against mm. the Bible. And, but then also it's so encouraging to have confirmation from another person oh, and yeah. that confirmation from Luke was confirmation of a couple things, you know, mm-hmm. like not mm-hmm. only of my missions calling and his missions calling, but mm-hmm. at that point, like I was praying about like, Lord, is, is this man, my husband, like I, I mm. thought he was. But kind of that mutual calling mm-hmm. was confirmation of that for me as well. Wow, wow. So it's interesting to me because, uh, you know, uh, the fact that you were you're dating him initially, thinking mm-hmm. he is going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a yeah. contradiction. Think of this, a doctor na- to now a missionary. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you think of, of what people wrap their minds around when they hear doctor, they think, okay, that's financial stability. Mm-hmm. When you see hear missions, oh, that's not financial stability. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, people typically think that way. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you heard the Lord, not only did you know you loved this man, Mm -hmm. but you knew God was calling you. I think that is so important because Victor and I both really strongly believe in team and ministry. absolutely. And it sounds like that's what you guys are. 100%. So as a girl, did you feel like you would grow up and be in ministry or did that just suddenly come, this anointing and calling come when you were at Lee? So I definitely did not think that I would be in ministry. Um, Another interesting story is that when I was a kid, um, before I, you know, I I don't know if I was present or or I think it was during like a small group meeting, but um, it was prophesied over me that I would be a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And my my parents never told me, like they didn't Mm. want it to influence any of my decision making, you know, where, you know, but my mom told me, I mean, once Luke and I were married, Mm. literally told me this and I'm like... Oh, she waited <laughs> until you married she him. She waited until I married him. Yeah, oh. which I I really actually yeah. appreciate. You yeah. know, um, obviously, like the word of the Lord is mm. will not be void, will not return right. void. Yes. Um, but I think it having if I would have known that, mm. I think it would have clouded my decision making, and I might not even even have dated Luke in the first place, mm-hmm. right? Because he wasn't going into ministry. That's true. And if yeah. I entered into that, I was always very careful mm. to. Um, only date people who I could see a future with. And that was really just that, I mean, guided my dating decision-making throughout Mm -hmm. high school. And, you know, um, and so I'm, I'm actually kind of thankful that, that she didn't tell me that, but I, I grew up with a passion for education. I was an education major, um, just really wanted to get an education, but I never saw myself in ministry. And even, I mean, it was just about a year ago. I mean, I knew I was I was called to missions, but mm-hmm. it was just about a year ago that I really um, accepted. I will say accepted. Wow. I knew my calling before, but it was about a year ago that yeah. I really accepted my personal calling to um, preaching and teaching. And, wow. um, you know, because I, I don't know, I, I think that I've had a lot of 
um, just like church trauma, right? Yes, and yes. church hurt and just mm-hmm. people in leadership who I've seen act mm-hmm. in ways that mm-hmm. I, I aren't how Jesus would have acted. Yeah. And it's always been really discouraging to me. Um, and, and I think that there's a part of me that was hesitant to yeah. really step into that. And it was like, like I said, about a year ago, the Lord grabbed a hold of me and was like, you know, mm-hmm. things aren't going to change unless people step up and change them. Exactly. And it's like, why would I sit on the sidelines mm-hmm. when I can be in there changing the game? And so um, Luke has always been so supportive of me. Oh, my goodness. He's my number one biggest fan. Um, but it's been really cool as we've stepped into the mission field to really, truly, we've always worked as a team. We always have. But for me to really recognize and accept that calling to mm-hmm. step up and partner with him, yes, yes, in our ministry, yes. So tell, take us on a little journey here mm-hmm. of uh, the ministry. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, how you ended up now in Holland, and I know y'all have not been there very long uh, at this point, but. Take the audience there. Yeah, yeah. So we're in Scotland. I said, um, <laughs> I saw, so sorry. It's okay. Scotland. My last name's Hollafield. It's confusing. Um, yeah, so we, um, like I said, you know, we were called to missions when we were in college and we got married. Um, we'd been dating about a year and a half when he got married. Mm-hmm. And um, I was still in school. Um, we got pregnant very shortly after we got married and it was kind of unexpected. And so for a while, we kind of kept like that missions calling, not mm-hmm. necessarily on the back burner, but, um, you know, we wanted to finish our education mm-hmm. and we really just wanted to move as the Lord led. We didn't want to take a step too soon. And, you know, we really just wanted to follow the leading of the Lord. Right. And so um, when we had been married for about two years, um, we actually started pursuing an opportunity in China to go teach English. Mm. Um, and wow. we were like, I mean, knee deep in it, like had, mm. you know, I mean, we were had been accepted into this organization. We had, I mean, our passport sent off to the consulate and Lily's birth certificate was, you know, approved. And like it was, we were very knee deep in it. Um, and then just kind of suddenly the Lord closed the door. Mm. And we were really confused because mm. we were like, God, like we were, we were ready for this. Like we mm. were, we had, you know, our families knew, like my dad had told everybody at work and like, <laughs> right, right. it was, you know, we, we were, we were doing it and we were mm. so confused. Like, Lord, you've called us to this. Like, why are you shutting this door? Um, and looking back on it, it really feels like, you know, a, a, a Jacob bringing Isaac up the mountain moment where, mm. y- you know, it's like it felt like the Lord was asking us to lay down the sacrifice that we weren't ready to give up yet. Mm. Um, and looking back, my dad actually just a couple months after that was diagnosed with stage four kidney cancer. Um, oh, wow. And he passed away two years later. And so... Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Uh, mm. So so looking back at that, if we would have been in China, mm-hmm. I would have missed the last two years of his life. He mm-hmm. would have missed, mm-hmm. I mean... The only time he got with my daughter and, and yeah. my second daughter was born. Um, and so I know that the Lord's hand was moving. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it also served as a preparation for our family mm-hmm. <laughs> because they knew of our calling. But it was, I think it really made them realize like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this is going to happen at some point. Right. You um, are serious about this calling. Yeah, yes. <laughs> absolutely. And so we... Um, we then went, um, you know, we just kind of went on it in our ministry and 
just waited for the Lord to say, hey, now is the time. Um, Shortly after my dad passed away, my mom and my sister and I took a trip to Europe um, just to kind of process some of of the trauma that we had gone through in those last few months with him. Um, And we went to England and Ireland and Scotland. Mm. And just your mom and your my mom and my sister sister. and I yes yeah um and so you know it was a great trip and we had so much fun and in London and in Dublin but the minute we landed in Scotland it was just like I could feel something in the atmosphere I could Mm. feel a calling and Mm. it wasn't like oh man I love Scotland like I want to come back like it was like a no like this is this Mm. feels like a calling Mm -hmm. And then um, the next summer, Church of God introduced the Send the Light Cities, um, which was a campaign to, you know, send the light. They had specific cities where they were going to build ministry training centers. Um, And we stood in the General Assembly when they introduced that campaign. And Edinburgh, Scotland was one of the cities. And Mm -hmm. Luke and I kind of looked at each other like, wow, okay, like, okay, Lord, like, are you, are you preparing to send us? And so we just and had you discussed with your husband that something resonated in your spirit when you went to Scotland, like something leaped in your spirit? You know, I actually had <laughs> So at General Assembly, mm-hmm. you look at each, wow. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. Like, you know, and like I said before, just the Lord's hand really um, has really just led us mm-hmm. and led us and led us, and he's never led us astray. Mm-hmm. Um but so that was back in, you know, 2018. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until three years later in summer 2021, um, I am I just had a baby three months prior. Um, so we're sitting in a Western North Carolina camp meeting uh-huh. <laughs> with the Church of God. And I have my, my baby in like a, a baby carrier, baby sling, like strapped to the front of me during worship, you know, and um, Luke it was during worship and and Luke stepped out and just said like, Hey, like I just need to go pray. Mm. And I was like, all right, like you go, like that's not super abnormal for him. Um, and he comes back and he's like, Hey, like we need JD and Angie Woodside to pray over us about missions. And I look at him and and JD and Angie, they're an incredible uh, couple. Um, their family served in Cambodia Uh and I looked at him and I was like, (laughs) thinking in my head, Luke Hollifield, this is not the right time. Like we, we were at a great church. My husband was a a full-time children's pastor. You know, we lived in a parsonage. Like we, my kids were in school. I just had a baby. Like, and I was like, this is not the right time. And Mm. just all the reasons why it was not the right time just played in my head. But, but I trust him. I I trust him wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. And so, we went over and we had them pray for us. We'd never met them. They'd never met us. <laughs> um, but they prayed for us. And as soon as Angie started praying for me, I just felt a peace. And it was mm-hmm. just like, okay, Lord, like mm-hmm. I, I have open hands. Um, yeah. And I trust that if this is, if this is it, you know, you're going to provide. Yeah. And he did. It was, I mean, literally a year later. I mean, just, just over a year later, we were in Scotland. Oh. Um, and that's including the application process, fundraising, like the Lord's hand mm. was really, really in all of it. Um, because I mean, the need for a pastor at the church we're pastoring at was really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was 
kind of needed to be an expedited process. And yeah. the Lord just moved. And just mm. every time we were met with this obstacle that seemed like impossible to pass, like how are we going to raise the money to get our visas in time? And how are we going to do this or that? Or, you know, I, my daughter, one of my daughter's visas had a issue with it. And it, we literally got it in the mail the day before we were set to leave. Oh, wow. And so it was just like, <laughs> you know, and things <laughs> processed so much quicker than they should have. And um, we've just, you know, seen the the hand of the Lord right. all throughout the process. Well, tell us what it was like. Okay, you arrive in Holland. I'm sure saying goodbye to your family was rough, but mm-hmm. uh, oh, <laughs> and his family. Um, but you arrive in Holland, and uh, I mean Scotland. <laughs> I'm all over Europe. And maybe you're probably signing over here. I'm all over Europe right now. You arrive in Scotland, and you you show up with I'm sure certain expectations. Yeah. So take us on that journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, (laughs) oh, goodness. And I think that's kind of how ministry goes. I remember um, JD and Angie actually have ended up kind of being mentors to us throughout this whole process. And I remember just a couple weeks after we arrived in Scotland, I, I messaged Angie and I said, I feel like a whole lot of things were misrepresented to us. Mm. And she's like, that is, that is missions. She's like, unfortunately, like that is, I mean, and it's not purposeful. It's not, she's like, but you know, the Lord is going to stretch you in things and situations that you were not expecting. And we have really, really found that to be true. Mm. Um, You know, our, our church is very small. Mm. When we arrived, it was averaging like 14 people on a Sunday. Um, And Praise Lord, we've grown to about twenty five people on a Sunday now. But and you've been there how long? We've been there seven months okay. now. So, so not super months. long. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like we're still babies. Like we're yes. still getting our feet wet and yes. you know. Um but I, I don't think I was expecting to go in and have to wear all of the hats. You know, mm-hmm. like we're we're I mean, you know scrubbing toilets Mm -hmm. and you know singing on praise and worship like my husband and I are praise and worship like it is the two of us (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then like going upstairs to do child care you know not child care kids church and yes and coming back down and serving the tea and biscuits right you know the whole thing and um yeah so and I know that that like that's that's ministry right Mm -hmm. but it's you know I mean my husband's been we've been in youth work we've been in children's work and um i mean all of our youth groups our kids churches have been bigger than our entire church um and so it's just been different and and you know i'm so used to the american like measuring stick of success mm-hmm. um and so for us coming in mm-hmm. with like all these hopes and dreams and wanting to like hit the ground running and we did hit the ground running mm-hmm. but it, you you just don't see the success that you're kind of programmed to mm-hmm. want to see yeah, yeah. um the but, americanized yeah, version of exactly. success yeah yeah um you know and and bless the lord like i see so many churches that you know we have connections to like in north carolina posting that you know they've seen 12 people saved on a sunday and mm-hmm. it's like praise the lord for that mm-hmm. but it's you have to really be vigilant yeah. about not comparing yourself to that. Yes, so um, true. The society in the UK yeah. is very, very like post-Christian, right? They're yeah. um, 
very hard into the gospel and the churches that are there like Mm. you know and most of the churches are not evangelical by any stretch of the imagination um but most of the church i mean they're several churches closing every year because their congregations are literally dying of old age like it's just all these older generation and when they pass away the church passes away do you find that the younger generation um and maybe you're still learning this Mm -hmm. right now getting an um somewhat of an idea of the obstacles but do you find i know we we are saying this now in the united states of america mm-hmm. too the younger generation is not interested in going oh, to church oh my but is it do you find it more of a heightened issue there as opposed to what we yeah. are having here and i definitely do and i think that that's kind of you know there are areas of the us that i think are a little bit more similar you know if you get out to like oregon mm-hmm. and like the portland area like mm-hmm. that's you know a lot probably more of the same mindset that you'd get in scotland okay um but people have like seen this stale religion that Mm -hmm. their grandparents have Mm -hmm. and they want nothing to do with it they are very hard into the gospel Mm. um and so we've had to be really really creative about reaching the younger generation um and that is one of our like main goals you know we are our first goal um, and we're kind of doing them in conjunction right now, but our, our first main goal is to build our church to a place where our we can send our church into the community, right? Like yes, we have yes. a huge emphasis on discipleship and we yes. want to build our church and disciple yes. our congregation so that they can be agents for change mm-hmm. in their community too. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the really cool things that we wouldn't have the opportunity to do in America is there's no separation of church and state in the UK. Yeah. And so we forget about this. Yeah, we do. <laughs> And so while that can be a bad thing, you yeah. know, in certain situations, because that means they can, at you any know, given time. at yes, any given can, time learn yeah. anything, but it's given Luke the opportunity to, I mean, literally like go and give a gospel presentation during a school assembly. Wow. And so he's See, had the opportunity uh, to do that. He like went to one of the preschools, um, uh, it's like a state funded preschool uh-huh. and like at Christmas time and, you know, read, read the, the Christmas the, the story, Christmas story oh, and really? one of the most incredible people in our church miss hilda she knitted this um nativity set they're so beautiful and she worked so hard on them and he took it and the kids loved being able to touch these you know nativity people and um so the lord is really presenting really unique opportunities he actually has just received word that he's going to be able to go into one of the secondary schools um and Mm. share the gospel which is just incredible and so the lord is opening up the doors Mm -hmm. and we're building relationships um Mm -hmm. and you know we're just anticipating Mm -hmm. a move of God Amen. that changes narrative. And I, I'm going to ask our listeners just to um, join in, in, you know, as we lift up mm-hmm. uh, the UK, yeah. um, because we, we've, I've heard um, many people saying that we're just seeing Christianity die in the UK. Yeah. We need to pray for revival mm-hmm. in the UK. Absolutely. And there's no doubt the Lord sent you there yeah. to help spark that. And the fact that you guys are younger, 
will also, I think, feed mm-hmm. into the, 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 well, first of all, you, you know, a younger audience is more probably going to pay attention yeah. than to, to you than mm-hmm. it would be to someone older. But I want our listeners to really join in and pray, join your, with your faith yeah. and pray that God will give you strategies. Absolutely. Godly mm-hmm. strategies to yes. reach those people that he sent you to reach. Mm-hmm. Do you find that your congregation, you said you've grown to 25. Mm-hmm. Is it 25, like, uh, with that growth, is it family members coming in from the, your current church members, or are you finding new people that are hearing about you being there? So it's new people, oh, and even which better. is wonderful. And another yeah. really incredible thing about our church, and something that we really strive and and actively advocate for is we have a multicultural church, which uh-huh. in the UK is is that's a big really deal. hard to come by. It's a yeah. big deal, yeah. Mm-hmm. In our church of twenty five people, we have at least four countries, five wow. countries. If you want to, you know, explain not, that uh, to the audience about the way because they don't, yeah. they just don't do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so in the UK, I mean, even in within the Church of God denomination, mm-hmm. like we have, there's um, between nine and twelve churches. Church of Gods in mm-hmm. Scotland, um, and about half of those are culturally specific denominations. So mm-hmm. you know, and that's just very common. You mm-hmm. you know, and I think you in America in your, you stay in okay. your group. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was talking to somebody just the other day about in America. You know, we have you know this this huge concept of of racism, mm-hmm. and it's so prevalent. Mm-hmm. But in the UK. Yes, obviously, like there are, there's racist tendencies, but it's, it's more of nationality. Like Mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's, there's a distinct separation between, oh, you're from, like you're from Scotland, but you're from England and oh, you're from Ireland or you're from India, you're Mm -hmm. from, you know, wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we're really breaking Mm -hmm. to, to build or to break down those Mm -hmm. barriers because we need each other. Like I don't heaven's not gonna look like a bunch Amen. of you know white women like i don't want my church to look like that Amen. and um we are we're so blessed we have a, a couple who attends from jamaica we have a family um of refugees actually from ukraine uh-huh. um and so it's been really cool to reach out to them and love them in really specific ways you know mm-hmm. um and then obviously we're from america and we have people from england we have people mm-hmm. from scotland and you know so. what you just said that's so powerful because i i personally think this is what holy spirit is doing to mm-hmm. show the world who jesus is yeah jesus was clear that they will know you by your love mm-hmm. this is how that the world is going to know that you are one of his and when we wherever god is placing us throughout the world show that we can love each other despite our differences yes. where we're from the ethnic di- differences the uh the color the race mm-hmm. whatever the differences are religious differences when we show we can love unconditionally we're truly showing people jesus absolutely and i i think that's our greatest strategy mm-hmm. our greatest strategy right now 100 and, and even with the the when we've been talking about this here in our missions conference that came up you know reaching uh, in our, in, throughout the world right now, the gender identity crisis mm-hmm. that everyone is feeling yeah. globally. Mm-hmm. What is the church's stance? There, you can never go wrong with love. Absolutely, yeah. And like, as as the church, and I, I want to say the modern day church, but you know the the post Jesus church, if mm-hmm. you will. 
you know, we have Jesus to look to mm-hmm. as our inspiration. Like, and and I see consistently through scripture, I see Jesus love and love mm-hmm. and love and love. And that doesn't mean that he doesn't speak truth, but he loves. Yes. Yes. And I, that is just such a big part of our heart is just to I love can see that. people. I can see <laughs> that. What would you, at, at this point, um, kind of help our audience? How can they pray for the work you're doing yeah. in Scotland? And um, how can they come alongside of you guys and your ministry? Yeah, so uh, one of the biggest things that we can pray for is really just that we would be able to break down those barriers mm-hmm. and share the gospel, yeah. right? Um, a lot of people are just really closed off to any mention and so you know we have to be really creative in the ways that we you know talk to people and love people um so one of the biggest things that people can pray for is just inspiration for Mm -hmm. us divine inspiration and and strategies on Mm -hmm. how to love people and meet them where they are Mm -hmm. um just honestly something personal um that can be prayed for for our family is Mm -hmm. since we've been in scotland you know, and I think when you're attacked, <laughs> if you will, um, I found in my life, you know, in, in seasons when I know that I am stepping into something the Lord has me, um, I I seem to be attacked more. And our family has just been mm-hmm. so attacked with sickness. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had a reoccurrence of migraines that I have mm-hmm. not had in 15 years. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, our family is coming up against a lot, um, mm-hmm. but we serve a God who is bigger, yes. and we are confident that He is the provider of all we need. And it's also been a really, um, it's been a really incredible opportunity for us to really live, um, you know, live the truth that God's mm-hmm. power is made perfect in our weakness. Yes. Um, because you know we. We cannot wear all the hats on our own. Mm, um, impossible, you know. But but the Lord is is truly mm. there with us, and He's truly yeah. helping us. But so just pray for us for continued strength um, yeah. and and workers into yes. the church. Pray for those people that God is sending. He mm-hmm. who, He knows who you need absolutely, and that He will send because the enemy will try to send the mm-hmm. wrong people. Yeah, uh, those that want to tear down and maybe have um, you know not have really the best interest of the church in mind. Mm-hmm. But I, we're just going to all agree that yeah. God's going to send you, you guys, exactly who absolutely. He wants there. Um, do me a favor. Mm-hmm. I want you to pray for the person today. Day who might be hearing your story and and says, you know, I know when it comes to answering God's call in my life, I have been met with so much opposition mm-hmm. and and they're just they're struggling to be obedient yeah. to that call. Looking at you and just thinking of the leap you guys took. You took your four children. Mm-hmm. You left everything. I want the audience to understand yeah. that. You left everything and by faith you said yes to the Lord to go somewhere you've never been before, mm-hmm. to love people you've never met before. Mm-hmm. And and in the midst of this be opposed uh, by every attack imaginable. Yeah. <laughs> and yet there's something burning on the inside of you yeah. that's telling you 
it's God, I know, Mm -hmm. but telling you this is where you're supposed to be. That person that is struggling with that in their life, first of all, how could you encourage them? And then would you pray for them? Yeah. So one thing that the Lord has really been teaching me recently is, you know, we see in in Matthew and in Luke the parable of the lost sheep, Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, I'm sure most of your listeners have heard it, but just to summarize, you know, if a shepherd, Jesus is teaching, and he says, if a shepherd has a hundred sheep and one walks away, you know, he's going to go, he's going to leave the 99 to find the one. And I think so often, you know, when we're faced with a calling, we want it to be a calling to the 99. Mm. We want to say, this is going to be easy to stand here and watch the 99. We want it to be easy to stand in front of a podium mm. in a congregation that is filled with people, with, you know, bountiful volunteers. Mm. And, you know, we want somebody to come and donate $150,000 to our ministry just right off the bat. And we want our ministry to be to the 99. But God cares about the one, too. And yeah. he He needs to send people to reach the one. Yeah. And so, you know, the one may have wandered off into rough and patchy areas. It may have wandered off into where there are thorns and where you might get cut going after that one. Mm. But that one is important to Jesus. Mm. And so focusing on that truth that you know if we are called to scotland for one person my lord how excited i am to see that person in heaven Mm. can you imagine and that is worth it to the lord and so no matter my, my encouragement would be no matter if if God's calling you to reach the one across the ocean, Mm -hmm. across the hallway, in your office. It's worth it to go through the thorny patch Mm. to reach the one. That's so powerful. So powerful. Would you pray for that person that needs to just say yes to the Lord today? Jesus, I thank you that you are speaking to us, Father. I thank you that you did not stop speaking to us generations ago, Father, but that your word is active and alive in us, Father. Lord, I pray first and foremost that you would make your will clear, Lord, to the listener today who is confused and who does not want to walk in to what they feel like they are called to. Mm -hmm. God, I pray a boldness over them, Father. I pray that you would close every other door Mm -hmm. so that they have to walk through the one that you're opening father god i pray that you would provide provision um lord and i pray that you would give understanding Mm -hmm. lord that you would you would help them to see that your will is beyond our understanding that your call is sometimes beyond what we can understand and i pray that you would help them to rest in your arms lord and know that even if it's not till the other side of heaven father that we will get to see the impact Mm -hmm. that we would do it for your glory father we love you and we thank you in jesus name i pray Mm -hmm. amen man i i just think somebody's answering the call of god right now Mm -hmm. listening to your story they're saying yes 
to the Lord right now. Wow, that was great. Well, I want to uh, to invite you to join me on Friday, March the 17th at 7 p.m. for our Fearless Friday Night of Worship. We're going to have some powerful music that evening as Janet Swanson, some of you may remember when she was with us on the podcast, she's going to be leading worship that night, and then I'm going to deliver a word from the Lord just for you. I'm excited about that. So invite your friends. Child care will be provided, and we hope to see you here. Thanks again, Sarah. That was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you again for joining us here on the Fearless Journey podcast. I hope you all leave encouraged wherever and whenever you're listening. We can't wait for you to hear more from our fearless women as we share new stories every Friday. Until next time, let's go live fearless.